So this is gun gripe of the week. This is the gun gripe of the week. And uh, this week's gun gripe is accidental slash negligent discharges for firearms. We're talking about guns now. That is correct. We're yeah. talking about firearms. Firearms, people. So go ahead and throw all the sexual innuendos out the door right now. All right. So basically... <laughs> It's not the negligent discharge against your girlfriend pregnant. No. We're talking about accidents and negligence. Well, that's not accidental. That's premature. <laughs> it's premature. Well, we're getting into another bag of... And we're getting into another yeah, stuff We're getting here. somewhere else there. All right, we're going to start over? No, no. Oh, we're going to just leave all that in there. Well, we are. So, negligent versus accidental, or basically... The gun goes off, and you don't intend for it to. That's what we're talking about here. And in my mind, there is a difference between accidental and negligent. Um, an accidental discharge could easily happen if, um, let's just say you're talking about, let's say you're working on a gun. You're uh, working trigger on a gun, or you're talking about a rifle or pistol that's got unknown origins. You're not sure if it's going to operate properly. Um, in a testing scenario, um, if you're shooting a gun and the gun goes off without you wanting it to, as long as you follow proper protocol, that would be considered accidental, not negligent, because you are following protocols, you know, pointing in a safe direction, you know, in a, in a safe area where it's designed to test firearms. There's definitely a difference between accidents and negligence. Now, negligence, what comes into play there is you're not following the basic rules of, of handling firearms, you're being unsafe. And uh, that's where you can really get people hurt or yourself. And um, with the negligence aspect of it, that's where a lot of these common firearms accidents occur or, you know, these things occur. So me and Barry are going to tell you a few of the uh, accidental and negligent discharges we've had over the years with firearms. I'm going to let Barry start us off. All right. Everybody who's fooled with firearms over the years, and I don't use that word uh, literally, but anybody who's been around guns long enough, you're going to have a gun fire when you don't want it to at some point in your life. Now, I consider an accidental discharge, there is no such thing because accidents happen. They're, they're, they're caused by something, negligence, whatever. But any time that I put a bullet hole through something I don't intend to, to me that is, a, that is an AD or an unintentional discharge of the firearm. I've had uh, four accidental discharges with firearms in my lifetime playing with guns, and I've been playing with them for over 40 years. Uh, the, all of these happened like 25 years ago. I haven't had any problems since then, but uh, in 1975, I shot a 12-gauge through a bedroom wall. <laughs> in 1979, I shot a 1911 through a kitchen wall. In 1980, I shot a 10-22 through a bedroom closet door. God. And in 1982, I shot a 30 carbine through my living room ceiling. Now, these are different houses now. It's not raining on me when it rains, you know. But I've had, that was back when I was, uh, uh, let's say, full of whiskey and beans and didn't care about anything. And, uh, but every time I fired this gun or, or, or fired the gun off, I intentionally pulled the trigger. I violated the first rule of gun handling. The very first and most cardinal rule is you always treat a gun as if it is loaded. It doesn't matter if 50 people have checked that gun. It doesn't matter if you checked it two minutes ago. A lot of my friends, they unload a gun, they check it, and 
Two minutes later, when they load that gun back up again, an accidental discharge happens because they don't remember loading it. You can have a lot on your mind, and I've known guys who've killed television sets, refrigerators, uh, car doors. I've known guys that have shot just about everything there is to shoot accidentally. Oh, yeah. But uh, we've had, we had several. Uh, we had one incident in the shop here where a guy shot himself in the butt with a 45 1911. Absolutely. He was carrying a 1911, Mexican style, in his back back here. And for some reason, the gun discharged. He said he wasn't touching the gun. It went off. The bullet went through the upper part of his buttock and came out down by his knee and smashed into the floor over there. Well, we stuffed his ass full of paper towels and sent him to the hospital, and he recovered pretty quick. I know another guy that shot himself in the ass with one of these. He was carrying cocked and locked the same way, but he was unloading a truck, and he said he remembers the gun hitting the door frame. And when it did, it was discharged, and it went through the upper part of his buttock and came down out behind his knee. Same scenario. Yeah, I mean, if you guys are going to Mexican carry, don't carry with around in the chamber. Right. Just don't do it. There's also a story of this detective who was carrying cocked and locked in a holster, well, he had to go to the bathroom. So he goes in the stall, and he hangs the gun on the hook inside the stall door. So when he finishes his business, he didn't realize the safety had been pushed off. So he grabs the gun by the grip. He's not touching the trigger. When he pushed up, the gun discharged on the hook, and it couldn't get off the hook. So it emptied itself. Yeah, it bump fired. It bump fired all the rounds out of the gun while yeah. he had it on the hook. Oh yeah. So it's a good thing he had finished his business. If he hadn't, he'd have, he would have then. Absolutely. But these uh, guns like this, I shot one of these through a kitchen wall. I investigated a noise at my house, and when I went to lower the hammer, it slipped. I was still sleepy from sleep inertia, and the gun went off and went through the kitchen wall. Sure. Now I used to carry one of these religiously. I carried a 1911 for years and years and years. And that's the only time I ever had a problem with it. But that's that's one. Now, we've got another gun here. You may have seen this one. You may have seen this one in one of the other videos, but the guy come in one day and he said, I shot my 357. Okay. So what? He said, No, I shot my 357. This is a 45 caliber hex bullet from a 1911 that split on that trigger guard and stayed there. One in a million shot. This was on the ground in a, in a pistol rug and he was drawing his 1911 and it discharged and went through the case and the bullet split. This is a, uh, this is a Taurus hex bullet made of copper and it split on that trigger guard and bent it that far and broke his grip. We sent this gun to Ruger thinking they could replace this module but if you take the grip off the whole gun is bent so they returned it uh, no repair, and he gave it to me as a souvenir. But this is another thing. He could have easily shot his foot off. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Okay. I've had a couple of accidental discharges, and I'm going to say accidental because, I mean, I was, I, well, I was definitely just negligent, pure negligence. Pure negligence. Um, one instance was, uh, I don't remember the years like Barry does, but um, I discharged a... Uh, Ruger Mark III target pistol into the floor at my mom's house. Uh, yep. And you know, those things have awfully light triggers. And I don't remember the circumstances, 
uh, as to how it happened. I just remember it happening, and I felt like a complete idiot. I mean, and, and it has that effect. When you have, when a gun goes off and you don't intend it to, if you're following protocol and being safe about it, that's the main thing. Accidental discharges are going to happen, but you got to follow protocol, point the gun in a safe direction anytime you're handling. You treat every gun like it's loaded all the time. Every gun. And that way, if you do have an accident, it'll have, you know, it'll be right. in a safe manner. Right. The other accidental discharge I had was in Iraq, all right? In a basically a forward operating base type arrangement, we had a, a little area we were working out of. It was actually one of Uday Hussein's old uh, penthouses we were working out of right outside of Bayah um, in Iraq there. And uh, at the time, I was uh, E4. And I had a uh, E5 arguing with me about um, the status of one 240 Bravo machine gun. Okay, if you know anything about the 240 Bravo, you know that it's an open bolt weapon. Okay, it fires from an open bolt and only feeds the round when it's ready to fire. The round is fed in, fired, and then that process repeats. Well, the E5 was arguing with me about, well, we want these guns ready to go, locked and cocked, and chambered. I said, oh, really? You want the gun chambered? He said, yes, I do. And I said, well, this is an open bolt weapon. And of course, you know, he got all pissy with me. Anyway, long story short, I said, okay, Sarge, I'm going to put a round in the chamber of this, of this machine gun. So I pointed it at the wall, and I squeezed. The only way to let the bolt ride forward is to squeeze the trigger. So that's, that's one, one sign there. I squeezed the trigger. Sure enough, it let three off right into the wall. And he got all pissed at me, act like I was the one that was wrong, but really, you know, of course I was right, because right. I knew it was an open bolt weapon. Right. But that was my fault, because I'm the one that squeezed the trigger, and I did it to prove him wrong. Looking back on it, it was probably an unsafe thing to do, but that is on my list of uh, ADs. And uh, sometimes it just goes to show you. I mean, if you're right, you're right. And sometimes there's nothing wrong with standing up to somebody. It doesn't matter if they're your boss, if they're in charge, if they're above you. Anybody is a range safety. It doesn't matter if you're the lowest man on the totem pole or the highest man on the totem pole. If you're out in a dangerous environment that involves guns and you see an unsafe act, you are automatically a range officer and it is up to you to call, cease fire or whatever to correct that problem. Everyone is a safety when you're out shooting. It doesn't matter if it's a 10 year old or a 60 year old. I mean, everybody's a safety. That's right. And that's the most important lesson I learned that day is I let him get the better of me and you know I, I felt like I needed to prove him wrong by shooting right. that machine gun right but uh, I knew it was an open bolt weapon I should have just said you know what you're a dumbass and I'm not doing it. well the most dangerous place you can be is at a public range especially an indoor one uh, the range down the road from here they used to have people in there all the time handling guns unsafe but like Eric said if you're on a range everybody in there is a range master if you see anything remotely dangerous you report it to the staff and they'll remove absolutely now they've cleaned the range up down here and they've, they've they've got the people out of there that don't know how to shoot guns and so on and so forth so it's a lot safer place but you have to remember everybody's human and everybody can make a mistake so you have to be careful whenever you're handling weapons absolutely and like i said i had i've had four uh ad's in my life but i haven't had one in 25 <coughs> or 30 years so uh things are pretty good now but uh, I'm a lot more careful with them, and now I'm in the gun business. Been in this business for 10 years, and uh, you would not believe the unsafe practice. People walk in here with loaded guns pointed right at us. Oh, yeah. Uh, if somebody walks in with a firearm and they right. say, it ain't loaded, 
right. the first thing I do is I triple check that damn thing because right. it's always the person that brings in a gun, hands it to you with the 1911. It's always the person that walks in with a 1911 with the hammer back and right. says, here you go, it's not loaded. Right. And then you look in it, sure enough, there's a fully loaded magazine and around in the chamber and the safety's off and the damn thing's ready to go. You know, we collected rounds from guns that were unloaded that came in here last year, and they almost filled a gallon milk jug. Nine millimeter, forty-five, two-two-three. We've had loaded guns pointed us all the time. This is just a small sampling of what we've gotten out of guns this year. Yeah, these these are guns that are not loaded. Right. Well, not this year. This is this is about a four-month supply. <clears throat> yeah, but still though. Right. But when somebody walks in and say, look, I've got a gun I want to pawn or sell, go get the gun out of the vehicle. Be sure it's unloaded. Oh, it's unloaded. Oh, it's unloaded. I tell them, I'll determine that when you bring it directly to me. And they bring it directly to me, and I check it, and sometimes it is loaded. So you, you have to realize a lot of people that own guns are not very, uh, they're, they're not mechanically, they think if they take the magazine out, the gun is not loaded. It is loaded. There's one under that hammer that kills you. Right. So that's that's our gun gripe for this week yeah. is is accidental discharges and you got people who just don't have sense enough to own a gun. If you spend any amount of time around guns for any amount of period, sooner or later you are going to experience an accidental discharge. It's just the nature of it. Accidents happen. We're all human. Right. But as long as you follow protocol, keep the gun pointed in a safe direction, and you know be as careful as you can. Mm -hmm. Accidents will happen, but they can be safely conducted to where no one gets hurt. It might hurt your pride a little bit, but that's going to be the most of it if you follow protocol. But I've been out shooting with people and they'll have a misfire. And the first thing they do is they, they yank the slide open or they, or they got in every direction of the compass looking at it. The, the hang fire can go off in several seconds. Now Nowadays with modern ammo, you don't hardly ever get a hang fire. Normally if it doesn't fire, it won't fire. But you still can have the possibility of a hang fire, so you have to be careful. Anytime your gun misfires, you're supposed to, protocol is to hold it down range for 30 seconds. Yeah. But nobody does that. Everybody waits about five seconds and racks another in. And of course, if you're in a life or death situation and you get a misfire, you have to rack it out. There's nothing else you can do. And here's the other thing about misfires that people need to understand. You can have what is called a squib load. Right. You can get a hang fire. But anytime you're dealing with a hang fire, after you've waited a certain amount of time, always visually inspect what's coming out of the gun. Don't just rack it. Watch what's coming out. You know, if, if the gun didn't go bang and you pull it out and it's just a piece of brass, well, then that's probably a squib load. And that means you could have, you've got a bullet stuck in the lead of that rifle, rifling in that barrel, or it could be that far in there, right. just enough to where it can chamber a new round, then you got a, you know, an explosion on your hands if the gun will blow up. So anytime, especially when you're shooting hand loads, always um, visually inspect the bore if you've got the time, and always check what's coming out so you know. I mean, if, if you didn't hear a, a loud bang right. and the case is empty, that bullet it had to have gone somewhere, and it's definitely in the barrel. But anytime a report from a gun is strange or not as loud as it should be, you should clear the weapon and check the bore. Right, always check the bore from obstructions. You have an odd report. Right. That's it for this week. Let's do it for this week. All right, so next week we're going to do... Um, next week we're going to do... Uh, mix-ups? Well, we can either do that or we can do... Uh
4473. You guys put your comments in. Let us know if you'd rather hear us gripe about 4473s or if you'd rather hear us gripe about ammo mix-ups right. for next week. Right. All right. Okay. And we got uh, more on the 410 coming up. Maybe this weekend we might try to right. make that thing uh, kaboom, right? We're going, to, uh, we're going to do more of that 410. That is the high point of shotguns, and we're going to explode that gun eventually. Now, I thought the worst-case scenario would be a 444 Marlin. That is not the worst-case scenario. We that have is, another round in right. mind, and we're not going to disclose that until the time of the video. But that's a, that uh, Marlin only has 44,000 PSI chamber pressure, but you have to realize the bore of that gun is 382. So that slug was swaging down about 50 thousandths to get out of that gun, and there's no damage to that gun whatsoever. Now, we've got another cartridge we've picked. That's, uh, we're going to jack it up. It's going to be 55,000 PSI. And a much larger swage. Right, a much larger swage. And if that doesn't blow it up, we're going to do it eventually. Uh, if we have to load the thing with bullseye, we're going to blow it up. So uh, just stay tuned for that one. But we're going to be doing ammo mix-ups, whatever y'all want to do next week. We do ammo mix-up or Form 4473. Y'all have a good one. Have a good one.